we're going to do something a little different this week, just because this is a really important issue. We're going to spend the entire episode discussing the Harper's Letter. We feel like this is a uh, crucial document, and we just wanted to put it in the context of the threat to free expression and the free exchange of ideas. So we're just going to get started on discussing. Mm. Oh, oh, John. Yes. John. Yes. I just woke up. I just. I know you don't like hearing about my dreams. I just had the most horrifying nightmare. Guess what my nightmare was? My nightmare was we were going to talk about that fucking letter in Harper's Magazine. <laughs> That's my Harper's Magazine letter bit. That's good. All right, here we go. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on the 2020 election and related catastrophes. I'm David Reese. I'm joined by Starly Kine. Hello, Starly. Hi. And also John Kimball. Hello, John. Hey, David. Hey, Starly. We took a week off. We had a personal day. And now we're back and we're all discombobulated. We don't even remember how to do a podcast anymore. And the Zoom is messed up for me. And Zoom is messed up for John. His video is sideways. With the computer monitor filling one third of the screen. His face obscured by a massive computer monitor from one of his (laughs) many Bloomberg terminals that he uses to keep tabs on the latest market news. (laughs) Like you're whispering secrets to us from behind a telephone pole. Can't be spotted giving us those insider tips. That's true. You're like deep throat over here. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about hip hop superstar and fashion mogul and all around terrific young man, Kanye West. John, you've been having quite the experience with Kanye West's presidential campaign. I know almost nothing about this. All I know is that Kanye West said Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves. John... Talk us through this incredible adventure you've been on with Kanye West. Take it slow. Take your time. Don't rush it. I'm not going to rush it. We got plenty of time. L.A. closed again. This is like hardcore history. This needs to be eight hours long, John. Mm -hmm. This is like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. This is a triple gatefold album we got going here, John. We're pressing this on 180 gram vinyl. Pitchfork is going to give this a 9.8 at least. So, John, just... Walk us through your saga. It's so awful. This past week was awful. I was involved in the Kanye market for up to 10 hours for multiple days. The market that we're talking about is will Kanye run for president? You know, it had spiked earlier a few weeks ago when he said he was going to run and it had traded back down to about six cents on Tuesday. And the reason why it was so low, again, is because his handlers had come out and said, basically, no, he's not going to run. He's having a bipolar episode, and this is over. And then some of the sharps on Predict It started speculating that because he had already hired a bunch of people to gather signatures in various places like Florida, that he would still be required to file with the FEC. And what would compel Kanye to file with the FEC if his handlers were insisting he wasn't running? Because he had already spent up to $5,000. So he had spent the money, which means that he had to legally file with the FEC. And once he's done that, he is, according to the rules of Predict It, running for president. Right. Or he was running for president, even if he no longer is. So that day, the market started moving up a little bit. And later on, a filing did show up in the FEC for Kanye 2020 running for president. It had an email address info at 
Kanye2020.org. If you sent an email to that address, it bounced, which you know was a little suspect. And it was um, registered to an address in Wyoming. Here we go. And if you look up the address, it's a building to a business that shares a building with a Sherwin-Williams paint store. Mm-hmm. So this looked fake. But people did more research and found that Kanye actually does own this building. Doesn't he live on a ranch in Wyoming now? Yeah. So maybe it was real. And at that point, you know, I think it went up to like 90 cents or so. And I'm watching this the entire time and I'm paralyzed, not knowing what to do. I came very close to getting my shares filled at six cents. And then it was, you know, up to 50 cents. And I was like, I don't want to jump in here. There's all kinds of comments in here that this is fake. This is a Sherwin-Williams. <laughs> this is Sherwin-Williams viral marketing campaign. Everyone will do a who is search on this domain and then they'll realize it's Sherwin-Williams. I guarantee you, boss, we're going to get a lot of millennials in here buying this paint. Okay, continue. So then people said, well, maybe it is fake, but either way, he's going to have to file one that's legit at some point. And Predict It, meanwhile, is not resolving it. But then a news report came out, TMZ, saying that, you know, he had filed and they had spoken to someone at the FEC and the FEC confirmed that it was a filing. The thought of the FEC responding to an info request from TMZ makes my stomach churn. That's disgusting. Yeah. Those are two three-letter businesses that should have nothing to do with each other in a just society. (laughs) So later on, the New York Times talked to someone from the FEC, and they said, yeah, well, we can confirm that a Kanye 2020 did file a statement of organization, but we actually can't verify it, that it's legit or not. And the truth is that a lot of fake filings do get filed to the FEC. There was a Kanye D's Nuts West filed for president a couple of weeks ago, and that was clearly fake. Clearly classic. So maybe this one was. The next day, Kanye actually did file in Oklahoma to get on the ballot And he paid a $35,000 filing fee. So at that point, we knew that he was serious or had been serious. We'll keep an asterisk over that serious there. (laughs) Just hovering over that serious. Right. So at this point, there were people on Predicted saying, well, maybe it's some Predicted person that, you know, has (gasps) pulled some money and paid the $35,000. On Kanye's behalf. Which is ridiculous because of the limit on Predicted. You could never recoup your investment. Right. But this still didn't prove that the FEC filing was legit, even if he was on the ballot in Oklahoma. And that's the only thing that matters. Okay. Is him filing with the FEC. So it looks like this is going to resolve, yes, but how long are you going to have to wait? I finally jumped in in the mid 80s. You were buying yes? Yeah. I maxed out around midnight Thursday night at about 85 cents. He was at 90, and all of a sudden I got nervous and decided that I'm going to contact somebody from uh, one of these sharps. A guy named Jay Mark. Who oh, I thought you were going like, to say I'm going to contact a Kardashian. No, 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 no. I got really yeah. excited because you, John, I don't, this is a little sidebar, but it's also kind of current events adjacent, which is that I could believe that John would have an in with the Kardashians because John used to go clubbing with Susan Orlean. So there's just, John has <laughs> mysterious celebrity encounters that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Yes, I did go clubbing with her once. Why that isn't a 20-episode podcast. They can make a podcast about how some guy can't find Richard Simmons and no one's made a podcast about the night that John Kimball and Susan Orlean went clubbing in Manhattan. Huh? Was it just the two of you? There were a few other people. He was rolling uh, with was- the crew. 
It was, it was, it was I think it was four, four of us. Just John Kimball's normal life. Yeah, four. God five. love you. God love you. God keep you and God bless you. Okay, so you reached out to one of the big traders on Predicted about Kanye. Yeah, and I just said, hey, man, I, I'm holding yes here, and I'm kind of nervous about this. What, what do you think is going to happen? And he said, I, I think this is legit. I think this is going to resolve as yes. I don't know whether it'll be tomorrow morning or if it'll be at the end of the week. At that point, I had already gotten out of my position. I, I didn't lose any money, but I'd gotten out. And I, I said, you know, I think I'm going to wait uh, and see what happens tomorrow and maybe... I'll buy back in. And the next morning, it did not resolve, and it continued to sort of drift down into the low 80s, and I felt good about that. You felt like you had made the right decision. Yeah, because I'm like, if it hasn't resolved at this point, it's never going to resolve. So then Predicted added a supplementary comment to their rules saying, given that there had recently been false FEC filings for Kanye West for president, Predicted is taking steps to verify that the FEC filings for Kanye 2020 is legitimate. If it is, this market will resolve as yes. But what steps Predicted was taking, I have no idea. It was like they were waiting for the press to contact Kanye and have him confirm. And then Kanye tweeted out from his account. From his Predicted account? No, no, no. <laughs> from his Twitter account that he wanted to get on the ballot in South Carolina and that he was going to have a rally in South Carolina. And he did have a rally in South Carolina. So it was very clear that he's running at this point. The market started moving back up again last night. And it did resolve this morning. It was still trading at about 92 cents when they closed it. And I spent probably 50 hours of the past week following it. And I think I made about $25. So that's a pretty good ROI. Yeah. What was the most that you, what, what was the most you were gaining at your highest? $25. Um, no, it was, it was a hard, there were, there were great swings, but right. um, I, I did not take advantage of them. And a lot of our listeners that I was interacting with on, on Twitter, I think probably did better than I did. If you had to do it again, would you do it again? <laughs> yeah, because it was entertaining. It was certainly entertaining if it was a terrible return. There's no more Twitter markets. What are you going to do? You have to have fun somehow on this godforsaken website, predictit.org. Yeah. No one around me was having fun. But Oh, you mean in your actual life, no one around you was having fun? No. They were like, are you losing your mind? And I was like, no, I'm fine. How is Kanye able to have that rally? Those people look really close to him. Yeah. Looks like a little basement. It's a basement show. It looks like Kanye West is playing a basement show and his DJ never showed up. So he's just doing, he's going into Henry Rollins mode. He's like, I'm just going to do some spoken word. Yeah. You know, but he's a bipolar megalomaniac. So it's just like, when you watch it, you're like, who are the people in his family that are allowing this to happen? Like, this is completely dysfunctional. Now, we should remind everybody that Kanye West does have an album coming out this week, Donda, his new album, named for his late mother. And so even if he did file and is, quote unquote, running for president, one thing that probably has to be factored into this is that it was probably also a way to get people talking about Kanye West because he has an album coming out this week. Yeah, but people are going to know his album no matter what. Yeah, but people like... Now I know that Kanye West has a new album coming yeah. out. I usually hear about those things 12 hours later on Twitter when everyone is using some new hashtag. And then I'm like, <laughs> I guess I got to go to my little magnifying glass on Twitter and see what this new hashtag is. And then it's like, oh, Kanye West dropped an album. We're so blessed. He dropped it at midnight. Here's his new album. John, what are you going to do now that your um, Twitter market methadone is gone? 
now that this one's resolved. Well, now there's a bunch of stupid other Kanye markets, like will (laughs) Kanye get on the ballot in Ohio? And what percentage of the presidential vote will Kanye West receive? John, can I ask you a question? Yeah. If you run for president, do you have to have a running mate? Does Kanye West have to have a vice president? Yes. Really? Yeah, they're both listed. Oh. Is there a market for who Kanye West will pick as his vice president? Not yet. He's oh announced God, it, at first it was going to be some minister up in Wyoming. Oh, but then right. I think today he announced it was going to be, it was somebody famous. Jay-Z. Maybe it was Jay-Z. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that works. <laughs> okay. I'm sure Jay-Z is definitely going to be the second position to, <laughs> God damn it. Kanye says he wants Jay-Z for a running mate. Kanye West is already switching up his campaign, saying he wants Jay-Z to get on the ticket with him as Veep. All right, enough. Close tab. Yeah. Kanye, I close tab on you. You have been close tabbed by the master blaster himself, Kid Midas. Is Kanye West, John, the equivalent of the Harper's letter, a fake big deal that no one should pay attention to because they're fucking yanking protesters off the streets into unmarked vans in Portland? Or is this something that could actually have an impact on our blessed futures here? I guess it could have an impact. I see it as being extremely unlikely. But you also thought extremely unlikely that he was going to run. She's got you there, John. Yeah. And I was right until I was wrong. That should be the tagline for predicted. Right until you're wrong. Totally. Yeah. I I, I wonder, will he run? Is this going to continue or is it going to all fall apart next week? But he's definitely going to be on the ballot in Oklahoma. We know that. Any fact that occurs at this point... That is a solid fact. Whether I want it to be true or not does soothe me a little bit. Something to hold on to. Something resolved. At least we've resolved that Kanye West is going to be on the ballot in Oklahoma. Yeah. And now that's my lodestar. And now I can navigate (laughs) the rest of reality based on this immutable fact. Kanye West will be on the presidential ballot in Oklahoma. (laughs) It's like in... um, in Inception, how he's got the top, the a totem that ground you to reality. To fucking movie. I don't want to hear about Inception. Movie makes me so mad. Can we stop talking about Kanye now? Does it feel less healthy for your mental well-being following Kanye's presidential run prospects or Trump's tweets? Kanye. I enjoyed following Trump's tweets. Look at that little <laughs> smile. Um, <laughs> you little stinker. I, saw those, I see those dimples from behind your laptop screen. I see those dimples. <laughs> Well, you like it when Trump tweets, don't you? Uh, yeah, I did. I enjoyed that. Well, I have good news for you. I don't know if you've been on Twitter recently, but he still tweets. You just can't monetize it on Predict It, but he's still he's still tapping out. He's still tapping out those tweets. <laughs> yeah, I guess he is. We are about to end our Kanye West section. I'm going to count down from a hundred by sevens, and if anyone <laughs> has any final thoughts, you need to do it before I get to the bottom. One hundred ninety-three. Uh, 86, 79, 72, 65, yeah. 58, 51, 44, 37, 30, 23, 16, 9, 2. Well done. There's no way well Trump done. did that. There is no way Trump <laughs> did that. That's hard. No, and if you're if you're doing it with a bunch of doctors sitting around watching you, I would have been like 100, 
97, 87, yeah. 77. <laughs> that was the part of the test and I took it last night that I kind of skipped. Oh, past. you took the test? Yeah. I took it in my mind. I didn't write anything down. So Starly, why don't you explain the context of what we're talking about for those listeners who didn't watch the the Chris Wallace interview with President Trump? Yes. Trump was talking about Biden and saying he said that Biden was mentally unsound and not fit to be president. He said something like, what did he say? He said something like Joe Biden's not alive or something like that. <laughs> what? What? He said he wasn't mentally sharp enough to be president. He doesn't know he's alive. Holy That's fuck. the line. That's the line. It's a good line. That's okay. I got to say, that's a that's a scathing critique of your electoral opponent. <laughs> that's rough, man. I mean, that is that is so evocative. He definitely cut through the the goo of his normal language. Yeah, you're, no, I think that's what's uncanny about it. Whoa, I kind of got goosebumps. It's kind of like um, Cotard syndrome. You know, Cotard syndrome is it's the mistaken belief that you are dead. Have you ever heard of that? No. That gave me goosebumps. People who have Cotard syndrome think they are dead. It's hard to wrap your mind around, but it is a diagnosed mental illness. And it's really the subtext to Charlie Kaufman's film Synecdoche, New York, if you care to investigate that text. Do, wait a minute. Do they think that they're a ghost? They just think they're dead. I don't think they think they're a ghost. I think that's different. Oh, they think they're a zombie. No, I don't think it's that. If we have any listeners who are experts in psychology, you know what? When we have Mary Trump on next week to promote her book, we're not going to ask her a single question about President Trump. We're just going to say, does Cotard syndrome mean you're a zombie or a ghost? <laughs> Could be a vampire. John, what was your impression of the President Trump, Chris Wallace interview on Fox? I thought it was funny. He's not going to change. He's not going to pivot. And I don't think anybody's predicting that he's going to pivot. But speaking of pivoting to our next topic. Oh, snap. This is our doom and gloom section. This is the traffic report we never wanted to have to give you folks. But it is time for Helicopter Tony to get into his blackest, darkest helicopter. The one that drips blood over the freeways as he flies up to take a look at what could happen. This is Helicopter Tony's high-altitude look at worst-case scenarios. We have in Portland unidentified federal agents grabbing protesters off the street and throwing them in vans and not telling them what they're being charged with. We have a president who will not promise to abide by the election results. And, of course, there's no reason to expect him to abide by them if he loses because it's an existential condition for him that he win the election because if he doesn't, his brand is ruined and he and his family might go to jail, so he has to do whatever he can. We have in Florida, Supreme Court has punted on the issue of felons having to pay off all legal fees before they are allowed to vote, even though it is extremely difficult to calculate the outstanding fees that these formerly incarcerated people have. So people say that could be 100,000 Floridians who are not able to vote in the next election. We have a United States Postal Service that is in financial distress that Trump seems to want to destroy before the election so that mail-in voting, which he says is ripe with fraud, which is untrue, will be next to impossible. We have, obviously, they've announced that the paramilitary tactics that they're using in Portland, they plan to take nationwide to deal with all these violent left anarchists who are throwing paint on our precious dipshit Confederate statues. Here's my question, John. When Nancy Pelosi sends out these tweets like, what's happening in Portland is just terrible. 
President Trump must stop doing these authoritarian things. It's like, what is Nancy Pelosi going to do when on election day, vans just pull up and yank people out of lines in polling places? There's no reason to believe that's not going to happen. Mm, I, don't, I don't know. You don't think that would happen? Yes, I believe anything is possible. But I think right now, the, the fact that the, I, I think it's great that they're going to take this nationwide because every time they do this, they just I mean, it was a bunch of anarchists in Portland and it was sort of petering out and they were breaking windows and everything. And now you've got 10,000 people down there and they're all moms. And, that's right. you know, Jantifa, that's what I call them. <laughs> yeah. Jantifa's coming out. So, I mean, it's the same reason why I got it wrong when I thought that this Black Lives Matter thing wasn't going to keep going. I didn't take into account how stupid the federal authorities and the police were going to act. And they just keep stepping in it and reinforcing uh, the argument that people are making that things are out of control. John, I'm honestly glad to hear you say that, that you don't think it's going to get too crazy. I kind of think it's going to get pretty dark and crazy. I think it's going to get very dark. I don't know if it's going to get to the point that people are going to be arresting voters on election day. Biden right now in national polls has a lead right now nationwide around what, nine points? Yes. Do you think it could get bigger or do you think it'll start to contract? I mean, obviously, it'll get smaller as we come closer to the election and all the Republicans... They stop clicking on the fucking Project Lincoln videos and they just decide to vote for Trump again because they got to support their party because of judges and blah, 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 blah. Do you think Biden's lead could actually grow? Yeah. Yeah. Really? That's not what I'm predicting. I predict that it, it, it will narrow some. You know, it could end up being six or seven points, but it could just as easily grow bigger. You know, I mean, at this point, I think there's a higher chance that uh, Biden would win 400 electoral votes and, you know, carry Texas than there is of Trump winning. Uh, my worry is what happens after Election Day. You mean if Trump loses and then he says it's all rigged, I'm not leaving the White House? I don't think Trump's going to say that he's not leaving the White House, but I think he's going to do everything to delegitimize the results and make the next president's job really hard. You know, set all these booby traps. And, and I think that'll happen. And I think he will. <laughs> he will also. <laughs> I know this is hard to imagine completely stop working the day after the election. He is going to yes. have the biggest case of senior slack in human history. The TV is just going to be on all the pres executive time is going to be 24 seven. And yeah. He, and he will not be at the, the inauguration. No, Joe Biden is going to have yo-yo ma playing cello and some fucking kid reading a Maya Angelou poem. And Donald Trump will be nowhere to be found. Unless he comes crashing through it with his like tie and suit undone, drunk for the first time in his life. Like the best man at a wedding. I yeah. just want to say a couple of things about Joe Biden. <laughs> he doesn't know he's alive <laughs> like that. Yeah. No, he'll probably have a counter inauguration somewhere else. You oh, know? a counter rally. Yeah, I like that. Well, I would say this, listeners. We all knew this summer was going to suck. And I think this fall is going to be just the worst. Everybody's just got to. Just get through this fall slash winter because it's going to be probably as rough as anything we've ever been through. And I love fall. Oh, autumn is probably my favorite season. You heard it here first. I'm a friend of fall. I love to see changing leaves and, 
who wake up in the crisp autumn air, you go for a walk across the quad, you go to the campus library, you check out the most esoteric volume of intellectual stimulation, and you take it back to your dorm room and you get under your little comforter and your quilt. And then you go down to the cafeteria and you go to the cereal bar and you just wreak havoc. You just maraud all over that cereal bar, man. I remember when oh, the cafeteria I used to go to in college had like seven tubs of cereal and you would just turn on the faucet. You even had sugar cereal. I had never been allowed to have sugar cereal growing up, of course, because of my parents. Cheerios <laughs> or get the fuck out. That's basically our house's attitude. They had Fruit Loops. They had, I mean, probably wasn't Fruit Loops. It was probably like <laughs> Fruit Loops, like some off-brand mm. Cisco version of Fruit Loops. But man, I used to kill those cereal buckets. Woo! John, shall we do a listener question? Yes. This is from listener Neil. As always, you can send us questions via Patreon, patreon.com slash election profit makers or via email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Neil writes, I'm looking at the electoral college margin market. As I write this, the most optimistic scenario, which is Democrat up by 280 plus, costs 17 cents. However, when I look at the presidential market for Texas, yes, for the Democratic candidate costs 34 cents. A 280 vote margin in favor of Democrats means they get 409 votes. What kind of messed up map would give the Democrats that much of the Electoral College without winning Texas? By my ordering of partisan preferences, when the Democratic candidate gets Texas, they have 413 votes. If they don't get Texas, they have to get Arkansas, Missouri, Montana, South Carolina, and Utah instead. Is it possible that my ordering is off and Texas is more Republican-leaning than all those states? Uh, Sorry, I'm not done with this question. Okay, sorry. Neil is going off. His keyboard got rocked to the edge of its life. Neil writes, It is possible that my ordering is off and Texas is more Republican-leaning than all those states. But if I'm right, betting on an Electoral College blowout is just a cheaper way of betting that Texas will go for Biden. Sincerely, Neil from Ohio. Yes, thank you, Neil from Ohio. That's actually a great question. And And he is correct that this is a great way to use this as a proxy vote for instead of just buying Trump to win the presidency or Trump to win in Texas, that you could just buy the, into this one bracket and get it for much cheaper. So it, the, the, this one bracket dims by 280 electoral votes, which would be the one that he's talking about where the Democrats have over 400 electoral votes. You can buy it for 17 cents right now. And the Texas market is trading at 38 cents today. So you're basically getting it for half. The lesson here that we should remind our listeners and first-time investors on Predicted is for any given political outcome, there are multiple approaches. There are multiple ways to invest in that outcome. And a lot of the less smart money doesn't find these more esoteric markets. They're more likely to just find Texas or the presidential market and not as likely to get into the weeds of this electoral college number. As Long John Silver, the king of esoterica, reminds us there are esoteric ways to approach these same outcomes. This is the secret knowledge that only the the most advanced people who go clubbing with Susan Orlean know about. (laughs) She's like, Long John Silver, I'm going to share with you more of my 
predict it sex magic. That's magic when they spell it with a K, when you know shit's about to get like Aleister Crowley up in up in this club. <laughs> you know it's about to get really weird. Mayan sundials and pendants and silver jewelry. John uh, John is always wearing these silver bangles and, and rings on his fingers. I'm like, what is that new skull ring that you have, John? He's like, I can't tell you about it. It's only for the most advanced masters of esoteric predicted knowledge. Suffice it to say right, right. that this skull represents the third eye, which I have open because I know that I am not even alive. I'm like Joe Biden. Well, Joe, it's actually different. John said to me, this was when we were doing Zoom the other day. Right. He right. said, the thing about Joe Biden is Joe Biden doesn't know he's alive. And John said, <laughs> the difference is I know I am not alive. It is not the absence of knowledge of one's existence. It is the presence of knowledge of one's own non-existence. Remember that, John? Uh, yeah. That was probably one of the most intense Zoom calls I ever had in my life. <laughs> I think John is alive. Here's what we fight about all the time. I'm like, John, you're alive. You're alive. You're a living creature. I, I think it's terrific. Drink water. Take a break from predict it. Eat a vegetable. Eat a pizza. John was like, doesn't matter, man. I know I'm not alive. <laughs> Oh, the fun that we have when we talk on Zoom. Have you ever seen John Kimball eat a pizza? Have you ever actually seen it? I'm sure back in the glory days of Sal's Pizza Buffet. Oh, yeah. Oh, Starly. There's Ooh. this pizzeria in Chapel Hill called Sal's. And on Thursday nights, they used to have all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. And, John, we have to give a shout-out to Big John Grabowski. 23 slices in one night. That was a legend. Killed it. He killed it. 23 slices i can think of a of a pizza parlor that's listening right now that is feeling a little threatened by your they're not listening for... they're fucking banned if that dude's listening he's gonna you unbanned there's no pizzeria owners listening to us no you unbanned him you lifted the band fuck me satchel you're banned again reband i hope that answered neil's question i'm sure neil is completely satisfied is there more to say john I would just say that, there, yeah, there's other ways to play that market. You could, instead of buying the GOP to win the presidency at 40 cents, you could just go in and buy the options of the GOP to win by zero to nine electoral votes and 10 to 29 electoral votes and 30 to 59 electoral votes. And you can get that for 25 cents. It's, an, again, a cheaper way to play it. And that's assuming if Trump does win, that he doesn't actually win additional states, which I don't think he will. But I do think it's possible he could win. And this would be a way to hedge. I'm going to call an audible. We're going to read an extra question. It's more of a statement. Actually, it's more of a provocation. And we're going to throw this out to our listeners. John and Starley, this is a dispatch from listener Steve. He says, I've loved election profit makers, and I've been thinking much about the definition of toughness. These are my thoughts I'd like to share with you about skylines. I prefer historic skylines with the exotic layering of older architectural styles juxtaposed with new ones, and like a delightful salad, contrasting colors and luring the eye and appetite. Hence, although I love, quote, American muscle, I've decided that we must consider some of the most masterful skylines of history, many of which don't stand anymore. Most important, perhaps, is the Tower of Babel and the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Wonder of an ancient world. Enough said, right? But I shall go on, Steve writes. The Tower of Babel, there is the cradle of civilization. It was such a badass building, creating one of the best skylines ever. He spells ever with six R's. Many historians described it, and it was colossal. Rising up into heaven, drama skyline, spiral shape, 
Imagine a giant Guggenheim. Ah, if only she still stood. About the height and the stats, here is some information from Wikipedia. And then he quotes a bunch of Wikipedia stuff that I will not summarize, but it's all about the Tower of Babel. Suffice it to say, it looked like a terrific building. But what about the height? Oh, God. All right, let me find the height. Holy fuck! Wait, what? Okay, this is... (laughs) I love the Bible. This is what it says. The Book of Jubilees mentions the tower site as being 5,433 cubits and two palms, which translates to 8,150 feet, about three times the height of the Burj Khalifa, or roughly 1.6 miles high. Wow. Okay, Steve's getting me on this Tower of Babel tip right here. That's, we have to admit, that's a big-ass skyline. Any feedback on Steve's emphasis on historic slash semi-mythical legendary skylines? Should we include them in our discourse, John? Yes. I love talking about historic skylines. They existed at some point. Yeah, okay. Boy, 8,000 feet. Pretty short building. Listeners, for those of you who have an enthusiasm for skylines and ancient history, why don't you add to Steve's list and recommend some ancient skylines for our review. Obviously, the pyramids, I don't know if that counts as a skyline, but that's a pretty striking architectural tableau. They were the tallest buildings in the world for thousands of years. I mean, it wasn't until the, the Washington Monument was built. What the heck? Is that true? Yeah. Until the Washington Monument was built? We have to tear down the Washington Monument then. We want the pyramids to be the tallest buildings. The pyramids don't seem that tall to me. Well, they're not that it's tall. Because they're I mean, you so know, wide. Yeah, they're only like 400 you know, feet tall, but it's like a 40-story building. I want to see the pyramids so yeah. bad. I would love to go see the pyramids. I've seen them. You did? Yeah. In, in Egypt? Yeah. They didn't look tall to you? No, firsthand. They didn't look tall. Did they look wide? I mean, they look like the pyramids. If, you, if you're going to the pyramids to see the pyramids, you're not going to be disappointed. That's what I love is when you go to see the thing and you're like, this... I can't believe it. It looks exactly like the Mona Lisa. That's so fucked up. It's like that. Or like when I saw the Grand Canyon, I wept. The first time I ever saw the Grand Canyon, late afternoon, early evening, sitting at the edge of the Grand Canyon. I was like, I can't believe it's the actual Grand Canyon. So (laughs) it's the biggest hole in the ground I've ever seen. It's like so incredible. It has all these colors. You can't even take it in. And here I am. I'm at the Grand Canyon. This is really the Grand Canyon. It's so overwhelming. I love stuff like that. Now I'm trapped in my fucking house and all I can do is be like, oh my God, it looks just like Better Call Saul. I can't believe (laughs) it. I'm watching it. It looks just like Better Call Saul. It's like you want to go out and see a fucking famous thing out in the world and have an authentic human encounter with this thing that you only know from being inside your house. All we can do now is be on a fucking Zoom call And your friend looks just like your friend, except they have more hair and they got a little chubby, like big fucking deal. Yeah, we don't even know if our friends are three-dimensional anymore. We only see our friends from the front. It's like the Eternal Sunshine scene where you can only see the guy from the back. Yeah, another great Charlie Kaufman, right? He made that too. I heard his new novel's not that good. Let's be gentle with Charlie Kaufman. We don't have to be gentle with Charlie Kaufman. We do. We do actually. We do actually have to be gentle with him. That guy's tough. That guy has a world-class creative imagination. You don't have to be gentle on imaginative people. You got to hold them to a higher standard. It's a really long book. So I feel like saying that it's not that good means that they're probably, it doesn't all hold together. But in the pages of that kind of book, I'm sure there's a lot of greatness. All right, fine. Charlie Kaufman, I'm going to go easy on you. The rumors are not true. There is no beef between Charlie Kaufman and Kid Midas, two of the hottest screenwriters in the game today who are total equals in the entertainment industry in terms of respect, in terms of reward. 
I have no beef with you, Charlie Kaufman. There's other screenwriters who will feel my wrath of my poison pen before you. Thank you. I don't want to bet on anything this week. Uh, Kanye White. Wow. Yeah. Fuck yes. We make the rules. Why can't we break the rules? We can break the rules. It's our game. No bets this week. For any- Election Profit oh. Makers is a radio. <laughs> po- Fuck it. No bets. John says no bets. Well, I mean, I was just speaking for myself. No bets. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. We are going to post our next movie club episode in the next few weeks. We will be discussing the filmography of Queen Latifah, who is my first choice when it comes to rappers who should be president. So if you want to join us, I know we will be watching at least three Queen Latifah movies. We'll be watching Set It Off. We'll be watching Last Holiday, which is one of the greatest theater-going experiences I've ever had in my life. If you've never seen Last Holiday, don't read anything about it. Just watch it. It made me weep with happiness. And then we will also be watching Barbershop 2 back in business. Send your election prediction questions or Skyline nominations to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Remember, guys... If you go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20, you can receive up to $20 in matching funds so you can invest along with us with a little extra bonus money. Please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast, which you have been listening to and which is called Election Profit Makers. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad we took a week off. I think it was sorely needed. But we're glad to be back and we're ready to accompany you through this, what I think will be, let's make up a Latin phrase, this autumnus horribilis. Remember when the queen said she was having an anus horribilis? I think we're going to have an autumnus horribilis, but we will stick together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm David Reese. Starly, goodbye. Bye. John, goodbye. Bye. See you guys next week. Fucking nailed the dismount on that one. Reminding them that it's a weekly podcast and that we will see them. Uh, Okay, goodbye. Okay. Is there something else you wanted to say? No, I just want to stop. Let's just (laughs) run out the clock. We are stopping now.